0: Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you again. Most of you know me, John Wharton, my wife Kate right here, my son Tom and my daughter-in-law Mariana and six grandchildren in the church. Um... Business Professional Network was not my idea at all. This was God's idea. Back in 1998, I had been in pastoral ministry, I had an MBA in business, I'd been in business, and the Lord said, I want you to bring the two of them together, business and ministry. And the reality is that approximately 75%, 80% 80 of the church works in business. Most of you do. And one of the core values of the Vine Church is the priesthood of all believers. That is, you are a priest. You don't have to be a minister, a formal pastor, right where you are, wherever he, whether you're a doctor, or an educator, or in business, a laborer, whatever. God can use you. And that's the idea of the Business Professional Network. We want people to experience God in the workplace. And it is really exciting. It's exciting particularly internationally. We don't work in the United States. We take Americans and we go overseas, take Europeans and go overseas. But the problem in much of the world is the issue of poverty. Not only the absence of the gospel, but terrible poverty. And the way that poverty is overcome is through business. Creating jobs for people with profitable businesses that supply the goods and services that people need. And the beautiful thing is that it happens everywhere in the world. It's the the same everywhere in the world. So I I was in India last month uh, in April, and the, the desire of the Indian Christians to create jobs was overwhelming. They see the value of this. And in particular because, this is true in America as well as India, but particularly because so many people working in these companies will never come to church. They're not going to come. They probably won't even read a, a, a tract or a book that you might give them. But they'll watch you. And they will listen to you. And you can be a minister of the gospel in your workplace. And you may not get to to talk about it for a while, but how you work, the respect that you show for other people, the love that you show for people you work with, all of that reflects Christ and opens doors. So I had a friend in uh, Chicago in the the first church that Kate and I were part of in in America, and he was a real tall guy, and uh, he was a machinist. He operated a machine. That's what he did. But he spoke about Christ to people, and so they, they began to mock him. They, they called him Deacon Beverly, Deacon Beverly. But it was kind of an insult. It was meant to be an insult until until they had a problem. And when they had a child that was very sick or when they were gonna lose their job or when their father was got dying, they would go to Deacon Beverly and ask him to pray. It was a great ministry. And that's what we have, that's what you have. So I invite you to be a part of the Vine BPN. We are going to meet next on July twenty, uh, July 16th, and we're going to discuss the DISC assessment. DISC assessment is a test, a psychological test, to help you understand yourself. It's a wonderful test. I've seen, I've taken it, I've given it to many people, many people. And a number of people have already signed up to take it. Those of you who signed up, your codes will be coming out this week. You'll get the, the code, the link to take it. You'll get the results in just a few minutes after you finish taking the test. And then there are more instructions that'll be coming with you. If you would like to know more about it in two weeks, we're gonna have a, a short seminar after the church service. So you can learn about the DISC test. And if you would like to take it, you can sign up to do it. That's what we'll be discussing on July 16th. But in the following meetings, we're gonna be discussing a lot of different ways that you can demonstrate the priesthood of believers right in your place of work. It's pretty exciting. That's what the Lord has led, led me to be doing all these years. I'm very grateful for the invitation from Pastor Hoffa to speak to you. Uh, very grateful, I consider it an honor. and. Partly because I get to choose what I want to speak about and I'm choosing topics that I consider to be supremely important. Really important passages. For instance, first time I I spoke to you a year ago, I was speaking about the Lord, our shepherd. The good shepherd. The 23rd Psalm. And it's a beautiful concept and I, I urge you to go back to it. Not so long ago, I spoke about God the truth. The reasons that I believe the Bible is true, that God reveals himself to be true. And he is truth. Jesus said that himself. And I urge you to look at the Bible to see all the demonstrations of truth. The last time I spoke, I was able to talk about seven reasons to pray, to pray more often, to pray more fervently, to pray more intelligently because our God, Answers prayer. It's amazing. He answers prayer. Today I get to speak about God, the creator. God, the creator. You know, the Bible begins with a statement about God as the creator. In the beginning, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Did you know that the New Testament begins the same way, John chapter one, verse three, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. The Old Testament and the New Testament both begin with these declarations of God as the creator. And what I want to do today is to take away any doubt that you have, any lingering hesitation, questions, that God maybe wasn't the creator of all things. The Bible clearly said it was, I'm going to give you some evidence today that I think will convince you, I want to take away any doubt. And what I really want to do is incite in you an overwhelming awe for our God, the creator. He is amazing. And I want to demonstrate that. So look at the next uh, passage from Genesis chapter one, he, first verse, he made the heavens and the earth. Verse 27, God created man in his own image. In, in the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created man and woman in his own image. Very clear statement, he created him. Several years ago, I was on a flight from Portland, Oregon, where we were living, down to Miami, and we stopped in Denver. And in Denver, a man came on the plane, sat right next to me, and uh, we, we, you know, before we took off, suddenly the, the captain informs us that there is a mechanical breakdown and the flight will be delayed. But the, the repairmen are coming, they're going to fix it. And so we're talking, it turns out he's a medical doctor. He's actually preparing some slides for a presentation he's going to give at a medical clinic in Miami. We begin to chat, the repair is taking some time, and I say to him, it's, it's actually amazing, isn't it, that all the parts on the plane work together at any time. Now think about it, how many parts are there on an airplane? Thousands, right? And for one part not to be working and to stall the whole plane, I mean, it, it's amazing. It's amazing to me that they all work and we were talking about this and then because he was a doctor, I said to him, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, that the body works all together, all the parts work. And he agreed. And we chatted some and so I said, can I ask you a question doctor? Just give me a very, uh, just a binary answer. I'm almost repeating the conversation verbatim. Just a binary answer, yes or no. Would you say that the human body was created or evolved? And he paused thought about it for a moment, he said, uh, John, he said, no one's ever asked me that question before. But the, obv- the answer is obvious. Now this doctor was the chairman of the OBGYN medical school at the University of Colorado. A very senior doctor. And he says, well the answer is obvious. <laughs> and I'm waiting like you are. <laughs> what does he say? said, it had to be created. It had to be created. He said, childbirth is so complicated. We know so little about how it works. I'm still blown away by that conversation. Isn't childbirth about the simplest, most natural process in the human body? For millennium. Babies have been born without the benefit of medical science, without the benefit of doctors, without the benefit of hospitals. It just happens. It's natural. And this doctor said, we know so little. The chairman of the medical school department says, we know so little about the process. It had to be created. Well, that's what the Bible says. We were created. I'm intrigued that a magazine like National Geographic, I love this magazine, I subscribe to it, have for years, but if you have read this magazine every month, you know that this magazine is very evolutionary. They do not believe in creation. These articles are all about evolution. Well, uh, about, August issue, 19, uh, no, 2018, four years ago. There was an article on sleep, a cover story on sleep. And I was intrigued by that and I read through the article and it's a lengthy article, it's a fascinating article. But uh, I think you'll be a little surprised as I was to know that our brain is more active when we're asleep than when we're awake. You believe that? That's what this article points out. That, and and I'll, I'll quote, when we're awake, the brain is occupied with busy work. But when we're sleeping, we commence, and we commence our first REM sleep, the most elaborate and complex instrument known in the universe is free to do what it wishes. In REM sleep, the brain begins to collate all the information. When we're awake, it collects information. It helps us walk. It helps us talk, think, eat. It helps us do all these things. It's busy work the brain is is preoccupied with. But when we go to sleep, and REM sleep in particular, the the brain collates all this information. And the writer I, I'm just amazing, amazed that the writer could say this, the most elaborate and complex instrument known in the universe, our brain, your brain, it goes to work. I'm beginning to see the signs of God, our creator, and his magnificent wisdom, his great power, creating us in the way he did. Now, in the current issue of National Geographic, this is June 2022, there's the article, an article, a cover story, again, on our skin. Just the skin that we all have. And here's what this issue says. We are humans, as I once heard a scientist say, in quote, an incredibly complex sheet Covered with sensors. Our skin. Covered with sensors. Incredibly complex. Just our skin. This is what God did when he made us. Isn't it a wonderful thing? Well, not only does the Bible begin Old Testament, New Testament, but the Apostle Paul himself also speaks of creation. In Colossians chapter 1, he says this: for by him All things were made, all things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things have been created by him and for him. I was flying on the Delta Airlines flight a number of years ago and took out the route map that they had in the seat pocket and I began to look at it. They had an article there about the universe and here, here's something that they say, from the standpoint of its inhabitants, the earth presents a combination of features so exceptional, it must be considered miraculous. Yes, we'd agree, right? Our creator God has made the world in such a way, a set of circumstances, features so exceptional, it must be Miraculous. I want to give you a few of these. The size of the earth. We 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 never I never thought about this until I read this article. The size of the earth. Okay. Well, we, we it's just random. That's just the size of the earth. You know, that's a given. Oh no. Oh no. The size of Earth is very precise. According to this article if it were any bigger you and i would be drawn down by the gravity the extra gravity of the earth and we we could barely walk but if it was drawn if it was any larger the oxygen that we breathe would come down and compact and it would be impossible for us to breathe, oxidation would happen, and there'd be all kinds of death because of it. If the earth were any smaller, the oxygen would fly up into the sky, and we would not be able to breathe. The size of the earth is precise. Our distance from the sun is almost unbelievably perfect. These are great words, aren't they? Almost unbelievably perfect, sounds like God. Exacting requirements of life are fulfilled. Life must have water in liquid form, a condition, condition possible within an extremely narrow temperature range. These temperature ranges are present in only the minutest fraction of universal space. Yet they are present on earth because of our distance from the sun. Our precise distance from the sun, which does not vary, which is so important. Do you see the magnificent power of God in creating the earth for us and us for life? He's the creator God. He's an amazing God. This delicate balance is maintained so perfectly in the earth's orbit that the most trivial deviation would destroy all life on the earth's surface. It's amazing. So let's look at Romans. Uh, Pastor Hava mentioned this passage in Romans when we began our service. He mentioned it last week also. But let's look at Romans chapter 1 and at verse 18. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. He is the God of truth. The truth is revealed in his Bible, and as we get to know him and we read the Bible, we find truth, truth about the world, truth about ourselves, truth about him. And the wrath of God is revealed against the unrighteousness of those who suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because he has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. We see his divine nature in what has been made, his power, his incredible wisdom. Do you see his love? The skin that we have, all the senses that it gives us, a brain that collates all this information to help us understand what's going on. Do you see the love of God in his creation? of you and me. Dr. Michael Behe wrote a book several years ago entitled Darwin's Black Box. And in this this book, uh, Michael Behe takes up the question of blood clotting. He calls blood clotting something that is irreducible complexity. That is, you cannot take any part away from it. Uh, I am not a scientist and I will not give you any of the scientific information that he puts in this book, but I know this. Without blood clotting, we die. Any break of the blood system, a pressurized blood system, any break, even a small one, can lead to the bleeding away of our life. So, blood clotting has to happen quickly, and it has to happen exactly where the cut, the break, is. The chemical process by which this happens is incredibly complex, but do you see that God has given us blood clotting to keep us alive? He wants us to be alive. And he knows that in this world, we're going to cut our skin. We're going to break the blood system. The other side of this is, though, that clotting has to stop. If the clotting is massive, it cuts off the blood system, and we die then too. No, clotting begins, and it stops. The blood flow is restored, and we've all experienced that. Do you see the love of our God his care for us, in what he has designed, the way he has made our bodies. It is absolutely wonderful. I want to call your attention to one of my favorite people in all the Bible, and this is Job. The man Job, the book written about him, 42 chapters in the book of Job, 37 chapters. 37 chapters are the horrors that he experiences. The death, the antagonism of Satan, the ungodly friends who are not friends at all and who actually lie to him. Thirty-seven chapters of this, and he is he is in distress until God answers him. And in chapter 38, God begins to answer him. And it's so interesting to me. I, I've read the book of Job many times, and God does not try to explain what the devil was doing. He does not explain what was wrong with his friends. He does not even try to correct Job. Here's what he says. Chapter 38, verse four, the beginning of his answer. God says to Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Do you see? God's answer is not about psychology or counseling. It's not even theology, it's about creation. Where were you when he laid the foundations? What God is doing is so magnificent, so big, it's so great. You can take comfort in the creator God who set the measurements of the earth precise measurements the precise distance to the sun the rotation the size of the earth the creator god has done all this and we can trust him we can trust he's a great great god is he not i want you to give praise to him i want you to uh, if you will stand let's stand together and we're going to worship our creator god this creator god was so powerful that he could raise Jesus from the dead. He was so loving that he, through Christ, his own son, could provide eternal salvation in his blood for anyone who would come to him in praise and trust and humility and repentance. Salvation is possible. What a great experience.